0: If you're visiting with us today or happen to be listening online, I just want to let you know we are finishing up a month-long series about joy. Our whole year I'm talking about the series, I call it Tell Me the Secrets, and I'm sharing different secrets that God's Word has revealed to us, and this month the secret has been joy. Uh, if you're listening to this, you won't know it, but there's a lovely gift on the stage. Uh, I don't know about you all, but I love gifts, and it, it appears to be a box of some sort, it's Nothing loose. It's pretty heavy. I don't know, it's kind of nice. Uh, Gifts are are duplicitous, I guess. You can get a gift for many different things. But the thing we need to understand about a gift, if you never unwrap it, if you never open it, if you never look in it, if you never take it out of the package, it's really just worthless. It doesn't have a lot of meaning to it. Right now, there's just this pretty... Box-looking thing wrapped in red, white, and blue wrapping paper. Who knows? I'm, I'm glad that there's a gift on the stage, because I have to be honest with you, this week has been a tough week in ministry for me. It started out Sunday night. After our men's Bible study, I listened to some issues that some of my church family are going through. And it hurt. Then I spent the better part of Tuesday at the doctor's office. I wasn't feeling well. had some issues with my throat. I had some follow-up things, uh, results of some things I went in to talk to my doctor about. The good news there, everything finally checked out. But as you know, going to the doctor's office, is not the best field trip you can have for a day. But then Wednesday, I spent almost all of Wednesday in the waiting area of a courthouse with a family that had suffered loss. And on the outside, of or the, the end result of that loss is they're now trying to decide what the best path is for the children who were involved. It, I noticed something. While I was waiting with this family, we were in a, a rather large waiting area. And it was full of people. I mean, there were just people. A lot of people. And the people all seem to be full of anger. The people in this waiting area seem to be full of bitterness. They, they seem to be full of, of resentment. The words that I heard, as you hear the overflow of conversation when you're in a room like that, things that I heard people say about each other... As, as they were maybe talking with a, on the phone with a lawyer or, or with someone else to, to report what was going on in their situation, the overflow of conversation, things people were saying about each other, things that I heard people saying to each other in this, in this overflow just broke my heart. I started looking around the room to see if I could notice a reflection of Jesus in, in anybody in that room, in any of the people in that room. And I want you to know this too, I'm not judging anybody. Okay, I'm not looking at people's experience in this courthouse going, oh, shameful, shameful. That's not what I was doing. I just happened to be a preacher in the middle of a sermon series about joy. And I was in a place where I wasn't finding any. And this whole series has challenged me to see things differently this month in my life. It's challenged me to look for joy, even when it doesn't seem that it can be found. And I got to thinking, where's the joy in this room? Last week, I shared a definition of joy with you from Kay Warren's book. The book is called Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And she says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. And with that definition stuck in my mind, I began to look around this, this room with these people who were just hurting for any appearance of joy, just a glimmer. A little bit of joy, a glimmer of somebody knowing that because God was in their life, ultimately everything that was going on that day was going to be okay. Now, before I move on with my story from the courthouse, I want to share with you one more secret about joy that I discovered. It's, it's probably the simplest secret of joy. I realized as I studied through the Scriptures, as I, as I was looking at Scripture that were focused on joy, it dawned on me, the Bible commands joy. God's Word commands joy. Now, it's not not like the 11th commandment, Thou shalt always be joyous before the Lord. It's not that. It's not a stoic, thus saith the Lord, joy. But as I looked through different letters written to the churches, as I looked through the New Testament, and even in the Old Testament, I noticed over and over again as I was reading through the Psalms, as I was reading through some of the epistles, that I was unwrapping a secret of joy from start to finish in God's Word. Maybe command is too strong of a word. I could say that the Bible strongly suggests joy or, or it highly recommends joy in the life of a Christian, but as I read through these things, uh, the letters written to the churches, I still think that command is the right word. God's Word is, is chock full of examples of why As Christians, we have every reason in the world to be joyous no matter what the occasion. And we forget that. Will you pray with me? Father God, this morning we come before You and we close out a series. and Essentially, it could just be the end of another month-long study on a word or an action. But I pray that today, Lord, it will be so much more than that. I pray that as we look at Your Word as we look at examples in your word of why we should be joyful. I pray that we can put it into action no matter what the season in our life, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what others choose to do. I pray, Lord, that we will honor you by being a reflection of joy in those situations. It will be slow to anger. We'll, we'll look at things that are really important. Lord, I pray that We'll leave here differently today. It's in your son's name I pray, amen. Uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, by the way. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I think as, you, as we read through this, you'll see what I'm getting at as we begin to unwrap the secret of joy. Verse 1 says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit of any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one spirit in one spirit and of one mind that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we're always going to agree but it means that even when we disagree that like-mindedness is, is going to be the foundation that like-mindedness of christ in us is going to be our foundation for a disagreement which means we can still agree to disagree it means we can work through something in a god honoring way verse 3 says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests it's hard to do it's hard to find joy for others when our own interest is one of sorrow for the moment it's not easy not looking to your own interest. That means I have to put somebody else's interest before mine. Yes, it does. That means that sometimes moms and dads, what you think you deserve or what you think you want doesn't matter because the need of your child comes first. The direction of your, your kids come first. The rearing of your family comes first before your, your mother's night out or your, your dad's day off or whatever cute name you want to put on it for just hanging out and not doing what you should do for your family not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others in your relationships with one another. That's what church is. It's, it's relationship. It's us doing things with intentionality, living life together. And in our relationships with one another, we should have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I want to pause right there for a second because I overheard a conversation in the waiting room of the courthouse. And it went something like this. And from what I understood of the conversation, what I understand of it, a grandmother sent travel money to a mother so that the mother could travel in to the courthouse to speak to the judge about obtaining custody of her children. Now you may be thinking, that's good! The grandmother was putting her the the mother's needs maybe above herself. And, you know, it, it is. And this is where I caught that reflection of joy that I was looking for. As I watched this grandmother... I saw this reflection of Jesus. It was in this woman that I saw Kay Warren's definition of joy lived out for 10 long hours. I'm a people watcher. Drives my wife crazy. We go to Disney. We were at the Jubilee Balloon Festival in Decatur yesterday. It was great. There were all kinds of crazy people over there. (laughs) Some of them from this church, but I'll tell those stories later. I love to see people's reactions to what's going on around them. I love watching little kids seeing things for the first time. And so I'm in this courthouse, and because I'm a people watcher, because I'm, I'm preaching on joy and I'm looking for joy, I see in this, in this grandmother this definition of joy lived out as the day progresses. In the midst of the noise, in the midst of the anger, I see this woman who throughout the day just walked with a quiet confidence. She had dignity. She had self-control. Well, everybody around her was speaking their minds. And let me tell you, when you get in a situation like that, people really, what's on their minds will amaze you. Nobody was holding back. As I, as the, and again, you just hear these overflows of conversation. But all these people are speaking their minds, their, their harsh words, their, their cursings, their, all these things going on. And I watched this woman, she never once uttered a disgraceful thing to anybody. her her family or, or the to anybody. She never once said anything less than average. And come to find out later on that day, this grandmother was also desiring custody of the children. And what really settled on me was if she hadn't offered that money to the mother to come in to travel, the mom would have most likely lost an opportunity to begin the process of gaining custody of her children. Later on that day, Again, because I'm nosy and I'm a people watcher. Instead of thanking the grandmother for helping her to get to the courthouse, I overheard the mother of the children speaking just so harshly to this woman. The grandmother never once retaliated with anger or ugliness. And while this was going on, all I could think about was this verse in Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. In this broken situation, this grandmother had value for the mother of her grandkids. Verse 4, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Again, looking to the interest of this mother to have an opportunity. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I've got to be honest with you. Even in a series of unwrapping joy, I don't know that if I were going to court and the opposing team, if you will, was also trying to get to court and their car broke down, I don't know that I would send them money to help them get to court to oppose me. Would you? It was like the ultimate, what would you do with uh, John Quinones or whatever his name is on TV? Here we are in the courthouse. (laughs) I don't know that I would do that. I wouldn't pay you to come and fight me. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What was his mindset? Everything he did was to set an example for us from start to finish of how we should treat others, how we should treat one another both inside and outside of His church. Verse 6 says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 12, and this is where we can um, start to really take some note. Therefore, my dear friends, If you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. This is everybody's favorite Bible verse. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Why? Why? So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault. In a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. That last part right there is Shine among them like stars in the sky. That's old English for joy. You want to have joy. Then you do all these things I just said. And you will shine among them like stars in the sky. We will be the difference makers whether it's in the holding area of a courthouse, whether it's in the cubicle of your office, whether it's in the middle of your school, whether it's in the middle of a disagreement with someone at church, if we do these things, we will shine among them like stars in the sky. Verse 16, how do we do that? As you hold firmly to the word of life. All this means nothing if we're not holding on to God's word if we're not investing ourselves in it, if we're not opening it, if we're not reading it, if we're not meditating on it, hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This, this woman that I saw in the courthouse. She's a woman who holds firmly to the word of God. And because of that, she's unwrapped the secret of joy. She's able to live it. She's able to use it to honor God no matter what everyone else around her was deciding to do. Now listen, I know this, this may sound like I'm, I'm oversimplifying something or that I'm really lifting this woman up make no mistake, she would not be doing this of her own accord. That's not something you do because when you see something like that in a person, it has to be the result of their relationship with God. It wasn't that she was just a great grandmother. My grandmother was the best grandmother in the whole world. She was better than your grandmother. She was better than any grandmother that's in this building right now. Okay? But, But that's it. It's a result of a relationship with God. What I saw in this woman is what happens when you put God first in your life. When you choose to unwrap the secret of joy, when you immerse yourself in the secret of joy, you learn that what's going on around you is peripheral and it doesn't matter quite as much as we think it does. First Thessalonians 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 12. Paul says this in his final instructions to the church in Thessalonica. He writes these words. He says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. You know what I witnessed in that courthouse waiting room? With a lot of idle people. There was a lot of disruptiveness in their lives. Verse 15 says, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. You have no idea how many conversations I heard where people were on the phone. I'm going to tell them what's right. I'm going to show them how to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Payment. God's word says... Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. Always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Was it in the best interest of that grandmother to to send that money to bring that mother into court? I don't know, but you know what? God's Word, there's an example of that. And she did what was good for everyone. Everyone. Verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. And may God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, I don't want to keep preaching about this woman, but as I read through this, this is what keeps playing back in my mind. The God of peace was showing her that it's going to be okay. Verse 24 says, The one who calls you is faithful. That's God. We can have joy. We can unwrap joy because our God is faithful. And He will do it. Verse 14 and 15 says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Again, the secret of joy unwrapped before my eyes in a courthouse watching this grandmother who chose not to pay back wrong for wrong. But rather she was striving to do what was good for her grandkids and their mother. I ask you again, would you have sent that money? Because here's the issue. The truth of the matter is that if we're too busy being disruptive, if we're, we're too busy seeking out our own selfish motives for things, we will never be able to unwrap the secret of God. We can't even pick up the package if we can't set ourselves down first. It's what happens when we get comfortable in church. When we become idle. You see, when we become idle Christians, that's when we we we're just taking up space. We begin to run the risk of beginning, becoming puppets for Satan. We become selfish when we're idle. We become inward, we think inwardly when we're idle, we think about what's best for me, not what's best for our community or what's best for someone who has lost. When we allow ourselves to become idle in the Word of God, we forget that our joy comes from God, we forget that our joy is for god 's glory. We forget that our joy comes from the Lord, just like in Luke Luke chapter two, verse ten and eleven, and we sang this morning. One of my favorite Christmas songs, Joy to the World. And we sang it in June. Oh. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Our gift of joy comes from God to us. And it came in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ. He came for you. He came to give Himself up for us. Do you have a relationship with Him? Because if you don't, you will never be able to fully unwrap joy and understand why it is you should do all these things I've talked about, not just today, but this whole month. He came, He grew up blameless and perfect. He was the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. He died on a cross, a death He did not deserve. He was buried. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. He rose. And scriptures tell us that he's preparing a place for us now. The question is, you've been given a gift. Even if today was the, you came in at the last part of the series, you've still been given this gift because you now have the same knowledge that I have. That Christ came... He lived as an example. He died for you, for your sins. Will you unwrap the gift? Are you just going to maybe peek in and see? I don't know. The paper's too pretty. Maybe I don't want to do that. I had an aunt like that. Oh, it's so pretty. I would just wrap her stuff with a paper sack. Why would you do that It's Christmas? So you will open the present. It doesn't do us any good to hold this beautifully wrapped gift of salvation and not open it. Listen, when you unwrap the gift that God gave us, I love unwrapping presents. Just love the tearing in the paper and I know it may just seem like a Bible. There's joy. From start to finish, it's joy. You having a hard time in life? There's joy right here. You think you're the only one going through whatever it is you're going through? It's happened already and it's been recorded by God Himself of what His people have endured far worse than what we've ever gone through or probably ever will go through. You want to know where joy is? The secret of joy? It's right here in God's Word. Now, I've unwrapped it officially, but really I haven't because it's still not opened. See, to have a really nice Bible, that was the thing. I grew up in the 70s. Every house had a Bible. And it was big. And it sat on a coffee table. And it had a nice wooden stand. That came from the Holy Land. That's made out of olive trees. I've got one in my office, been in my family for years. And the Bible sat and it was always open. What was it open to? Psalm Psalm 23. (laughs) Boom. The dustiest pages in a Bible (laughs) for 20 years in America, (laughs) from the 70s to the 90s. Psalm 23. It only got touched when families moved. Let's clean that off, box it up nicely. That's the family Bible. It's a good thing. I've got more Bibles than most people. I love Bibles. One, because I always want to be able to give one to somebody if they need it. But folks, it doesn't do any good to have it if you don't open it up. If you're not going to read it, if you're not going to pray about it, if you're not going to try to find a way to apply it to your life, you are never going to understand what joy is. You see, our joy increases with our relationship with God. And as you begin to honestly unwrap God's Word, as you begin to immerse yourself in this amazing gift that through His plan has withstood the test of time. Listen, God's Word has outlasted kings and emperors and kingdoms and governments and slavery and all kinds of other things for thousands of years. It can't be improved upon. It's as complete today as it was then. And His Word is still relevant today. I'm so tired of people going, well, it's not as relevant. Then you're not reading it. The catch is that first we have to settle up with ourselves. And we have to decide that not only are we going to read it, but we're going to allow the Word of God to change us from the inside out. And when we do that, when we unwrap the secret of joy in God's Word, when we commit to being obedient to His Word, His Word will produce joy in our lives. We can live our lives trusting Him, serving Him, even serving others first who may or may not deserve it. And I'll tell you what I learned from watching this grandmother at the courthouse. When our hope is in God, what's going on in the moment around us doesn't matter because the secret of joy is what she already had unwrapped. And it was living in her life. She knew that God keeps His promises And I heard her family question, why would you do that? She said, because that's what Jesus would want me to do. Because fair is fair. Because that's what's right. He promises to comfort us no matter what we're going through. He promises to meet our needs. Not our wants, not our desires, but He will meet our needs. He promises that if we are faithful to Him... He will be faithful to us. If that's all you knew about God, that's enough. Your joy can be made complete today because you know that our God keeps His promises. As you live your life in your act of daily worship, we need to do all we can to abide in Christ. When you put Him first, all the little things that are peripheral... They won't be quite the distraction that they were yesterday. You'll bring generous gifts when you put Him first. And I don't just mean to the church for an offering. I mean in the case of this grandmother who gave a generous gift so this mom could come. When you put God first, you will see the fruit in your life of what is planted out of obedience to God. Brothers and sisters, it is time for us to live out the fact that joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of our life. Doesn't mean we're robots, but it means if we honor Him, if we are faithful to Him, it's going to work out for His glory, and His glory is going to be far better than what we could bring on ourselves. It's time that we begin to live in the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be alright. It's time to make the determined choice that we will praise God in every situation. No matter what it is. In Haiti, there's a saying. I'll try, I'm probably going to mess it up. It's to by God, deja bien. Which means everything is already okay. When you trust in the Lord, everything is already okay. You see, and in choosing joy, we'll all be a better reflection of Christ to one another to our families, to our community. I don't know what it looks like for you to choose joy today. Maybe this morning for you it's giving your life to Jesus Christ in the submission for baptism for the first time. I don't know. But when you do that, you'll be forgiven your sins, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and a whole new family that you maybe didn't even know you had. Maybe it's what you need to do to unwrap the gift of joy is to seek someone out that you've had disagreements with or that you, maybe there's some hardship or there's some forgiveness that needs to be asked or maybe there's forgiveness that needs to be given or maybe there's someone you just don't see eye to eye. Uh, it's been great to be here to worship with you this morning but now it's time to go. I get to say this every week. I tell them now it's time to go. As you go, I want you to go considering that as we choose to unwrap the secret of joy, as we spend time in God's Word, and we make it a point to be a reflection of God in what we find out in our world, we will know for sure that joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of our life. As you go this week, go choosing to unwrap the secret of joy. Will you sing this last song with us?